Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. As a listener of podcasts, as well as a podcaster, I love it when the interviewer can really ask some fantastic questions that pulls the very best out of the person that they're interviewing. Today, uh, this is I'm going to share with you a recording that I did for another podcast, Mike Atori of the Fidelis Leadership Podcast interviewed me for his podcast and recently sent me through a copy of the recordings and, and, and I love what he managed to pull out of me so I'm sharing it with you here. My thoughts on leadership and the responsibility of entrepreneurs in bringing the best out of the people that are in their teams. Today's guest is Gavin Preston. Gavin is a business strategist, author, inspirational speaker, business growth mentor, and host of the Business Mastermind podcast. Gavin works with business owners, entrepreneurs, and senior leadership teams to provide insight and develop creative strategies to accelerate the growth of their businesses. I've looked up Gavin on the internet. I've done a lot of research on him. He's got some dynamite programs. He's written a great book. And he's agreed to come here today on the podcast to, to share his uh, thoughts and insights with us. Gavin, welcome to the Fidelis Leadership Podcast. Mike, thank you so much for having me. It's a real privilege to be with you on your show. Well, obviously people hear you talking and you're not from the Bronx or New Jersey. Where are you, where are you located at, Gavin? So I live in the UK. I uh, was brought up in the northwest of, um, northwest of England, so about an, an hour northwest of Manchester was where I was brought up. Um, I now live an hour west of Manchester in North Wales, so I live on the coast in North Wales. Nice. Well, uh well, thank you for coming. And the, the intro that I did was obviously very brief, very high level. You have a rich background. Um, can you tell us a little bit more? What more do we need to know uh, about Gavin Preston? Yeah, so I'll answer that at two levels. I'll tell you what I do now, but I'll tell you what's kind of informed my journey and what I'm really passionate about. So I help businesses turning over between one and 10 million. I help them to scale and grow, whether that's grow organically or grow through acquisition. And I help them grow to a point where if they should want to, they are sale exit ready and they can maximize that valuation. Um, but for me, I, I've always wanted to help people I work with in business to achieve their full potential, to move beyond any mental or physical limitations that they might feel are holding them back. You know, I want people to show up in the world and although it might be trite to say the very best version of themselves, but you know, as the bookcases evidenced about behind me, I've just been passionate since the age of 15 about what are the differences that make the difference in human performance, but in the world of business. And I cut my teeth after having qualified as a chartered accountant with um, international firm KPMG. My real passion was the people and the strategy and the bigger picture of business. And after doing sort of consultancy roles, I spent a long a lot of time around the world of uh, NLP, neuro linguistic programming, and I found that I had a real flair and art for talent for coaching, for helping get the best out of people. And I spent a decade in the city of London and elsewhere around the UK and internationally in big blue chip companies, coaching the high potential execs, so they become become really capable, effective leaders. 
And then more recently, I've been taking people that are running their own businesses to help them grow the business, both from a, a strategy and a business point of view, but for also how they can engage their teams and lead their teams, their people better. So I fuse together, you know, finance and strategy and marketing, but at the heart of it all, it's people. And it's the difference that we can make, it's the responsibility that we have as leaders to point a direction, to create fellowship and get people to come on a journey with us. And so few people put the time and the energy and the effort into thinking, how am I a leader? How am I a leader of my teams? How am I a leader of my kids? You know, how am I a leader in my community? And um, it's quite liberating when you put some time and energy and think that into how you can become a better leader in different aspects of your life. And also how, when you then show up in that way, and you make a genuine difference on people's lives, yeah, that's very fulfilling. Well, thank you for that. That's very uh, enlightening and illuminating. You know, I think every, well, I, I know every guest that we've had on the podcast so far uh, shares your views that it's it's all about the people. And, uh, you know, the, the podcast is audio only, but I'm getting to see you on, on a video right now, Gavin. It's you know, I, I wonder if you know how excited you look when you talk about leadership. Uh, I've had people tell me that as well, but about 10 seconds into it, I'm like, okay, this guy is a kindred spirit. I mean, this guy, this guy gets excited talking about this. You know, he starts spitting on your computer screen, you know, your veins both <laughs> in your deck. I, I, I love it, you know, so thank you for that. And I always start the podcast with the, with the timeless question, uh, and I'll hit you with it. Um, leaders, born or made? unsurprisingly I've been asked that question a lot and I think it's both and what I mean by that I'm not I'm not trying to give you um you know an on the fence answer I think you need an innate talent to feel an innate aptitude is a better word an innate aptitude to want to put yourself out in front and to have the inner drive and calling to want to be in a position of leadership but there is nobody in any endeavor in life, whether it be music or sports or the movies or business who hasn't got to the top of their craft by not putting hard work in and not constantly looking to progress and perfect and improve what they do. So I think you have to have an innate aptitude, but as the military are an amazing developers of leaders show, good training can take somebody who only ever would have been an average leader and makes them into a really amazing leader. But then you actually take the military example, and I don't have a military background, but I'm fascinated in the military, and, and particularly in their training. Um, you can take people who have gone through the same training, but some will rise to the cream of the leadership crop because of that inner natural ability, aptitude, calling. And um, my first experience of leadership and being on the receiving end and then being a leader was uh, my hobby sailing. And um, sailing offshore, uh, even sailing across the Atlantic, I did uh, and back in 1999. So the people who I was a crew member for, who were the skippers of the boat, whether they were owners or skippers, they'd all done the same training in to be a competent sailor offshore. Um, some of them, I well, the guy I sailed across the Atlantic with, for example, I would never want to go anywhere near him again because he was a perfect example of how not to leave. Mm. others i've been on a boat with and um if he not that he would have done for safety reasons but if he'd said to me go to the top of an 80 foot mast in, the, in a gale i would have gone yeah. because he inspired such trust such followership such absolute confidence in him so 
I, in a, in a dynamic changing, sometimes intimidating and scary environment being at sea, I experienced good, bad and indifferent leadership. So that when I got to my twenties and I was getting a group of mates together, we would charter a boat and we go sailing around the West coast of Scotland or somewhere. I made a real effort. I was very conscious. Yes, I had to sail the boat. Yes, I had to do the navigation, right? But I wanted everybody to have a good time, but I wanted them to to follow me. And one of the real crux reasons or real core reasons was if we had an emergency situation, which we found ourselves in more than once, you want the people on your crew to listen. And the position of authority is not enough. You've got to have engaged that followership, that trust in you, that respect in you as a leader before they will do stuff. So I've taken that attitude and that approach and I brought it to the world of the work I do developing leaders in business and in corporates. Yeah, outstanding. You know, I I asked this question too, right off the the bat, uh, so to speak. If we met uh, and we we're going up the same elevator and we're going to the 35th floor and I found out who you were, Gavin, I said, Gavin, uh, you got 30 floors to tell me real quick, about a minute and a half, what's your leadership philosophy? What would you say? What would you boil it down to? I think with power comes responsibility. And if you're in a position of leadership, you have responsibility to be able to bring out the best of the people that are looking up to you, are looking for direction and are looking for followership. And one of the things that I've always done with it, I, I've, I've taught leadership and management to new execs. And I've said, we've all had the bosses in our career that made us feel terrible, that we'd go home at the end of the day that and, and complain about to our family members. Yeah. We've also had the bosses that have made us feel good about ourselves, who have championed us, who have believed in us, who have made us push that bit further in our own work and our own development, which kind of boss do you want to be? And um, that's been a real sort of pivotal question for them. And that's what I mean in a in position of leadership. What kind of leader do you want to be? Do you want to be a leader that brings the best out of somebody that helps them to achieve and the team to achieve so much more than they ever thought was possible to move beyond their previously uh, conceived limitations? Or do you want to be the someone that just commands and controls and puts people down? And, and I think we have the responsibility to do the former. Yeah, I I agree. I you know in my uh, in my practice, uh, and I actually wrote a book, Gavin. That's the title is Trust Based Leadership, and it's essentially how I leveraged my Marine Corps leadership experience into the business world. Um, and so I I got uh, acquainted with the term world class very early on as a very young enlisted Marine uh, before I became an officer. And I became enamored of that term. And I knew, you know, I, as, as hard as I tried, I was not going to be a world-class athlete. Uh, I was not going to be a world-class scientist. But I realized quickly that I could be, in fact, become a world-class leader if I worked at it. Uh, because it requires health, but not physical ability. And it really requires effort. You need mentors. You have to have training and all of that. So I maintain my thesis is if someone is willing and is willing to put in the time, the repetition, so to speak, I believe that anyone with just average leadership aptitude can not only become a good leader, I think they can become like a really good leader, like a world-class leader. Not necessarily in a world-class organization. I maintain you can become a world-class leader in charge of the mailroom or the production department yeah, or, yeah. Or, a, or a 10 person accounts payable team. I think that you can become a world-class leader. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, I, I completely agree. I couldn't agree with you more that, where a lot of people fall short is they don't 
put the energy in. They don't do the hard yards of what it takes to really hone your craft to be able to yeah learn the science the behavioral science the leadership science but also the art yeah. of getting the best out of people and it it takes your willingness to put your ego to one side to take feedback frank honest candid feedback and to constantly be attuned to how can i show up better today how can i serve better today you know i love that simon sinek book um why leaders eat last and that's that whole thing about it's servant leadership you're in the service of the people that are following you that are in your team that that are um you are in your troop you know it's or they're in your band whatever whatever the um the grouping you've you've got to constantly be wanting to improve your art and craft of being a leader. And then I agree, you can become world-class. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, I, uh, I in my course of my research for this episode, and on your website, I found out that you wrote a book titled Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale, and Succeed in Business. And I'd like to, first of all, why did you write the book and what are some of the main messages in it? Yeah, sure. I, ideally, you're, you know, you should notice a spike. There's going to be 30,000, 40,000 sales at the result of this podcast. So <laughs> here's your chance. Here's your chance to pitch it. <laughs> I think particularly in COVID times, there's a lot of people in survival. And there's a lot of people also that want to do so much more in life and in business than survive. Yeah. They want to learn how they can move beyond it and thrive. And just like in martial arts and arm-to-arm combat, you're taught to punch beyond the target, you know, so you don't slow down just before hitting the target. I think people's focus, even if in survival, should be focusing on thriving because that's where they're going to end up. And why did I write it? It was the book I wish I'd had as a 21-year-old to help my dad who was struggling in business. And um, I used to go, when I was early days of training as an accountant, as a CPA, I used to go to my dad every other weekend and I would look pay his bills and look at his cash flow forecast for the coming fortnight. And then I would finish off that work and head back down the, the motorway, the freeway, back to where I worked. And I was thinking... I don't know if my dad's still going to be in business in the next two weeks when I come back. And he worked so hard. He was working, he, he, he was working like 18 hour days. He was working six, seven days a week. He didn't have a holiday. He was grafting. So I kind of grew up around that survive, that not knowing where things were coming from in business. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. If I'd had a manual, that was a holistic view of what do you need in business? Not just about numbers or about marketing or about sales or about strategy or about co commercials. What about mindset? What about people? And you can go to different books that do an amazing job in each of those different areas. But I wanted to one comprehensive, one holistic view is like, this is where you are. These are the levers that you need to pull in order, A, tactically, this is what you do need to do now to survive, to keep your boat afloat, to use a sailing analogy. This is what you need to do now to keep your boat afloat. But let's look strategically about what you need to do to grow and to thrive. And then I built a six-stage model that was, again, it was pulling together, all distilling the best I could uh, learn. And I call it the strategy compass, which is at the heart of part two of the book, which is about thrive. So part one's about survive, part two's about thrive. And the six step strategy compass model covers purpose, mindset, outcome, strategy, building capability to scale, action and accountability. And, you know, 
the, the knowledgeable and well-read and, and, and well-studied amongst your listeners will know that none of those things are new, but actually when it's handed to you in a, in a manual in such a way that can really help you and written in really down-to-earth, you know, pragmatic language with case studies of real-life experiences, people can then use it. So back to my opening comments, it's, it's the book I wish I'd had at 21 years as a manual yeah. to get my dad's business from surviving to thrive. Yeah, outstanding. You know, as you were rattling off the uh, the steps, I, I, I my thought was exactly what you said uh, just a, a sentence or two later. This is not rocket science, as we're prone to say here in America. No, no, no. no. And, and, unless you haven't studied it, and if yeah, you haven't yeah. if you haven't yeah. studied it, and you're not aware of these six steps. You might as well be trying to build a rocket engine with no engineering training. And sure. these are uh, these are timeless. They're timeless. These this book. Even though business has changed, I think you'll agree. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Let me know, Gavin. This book could have helped your dad. Without doubt. Um, yeah. with, without doubt. And um, it's dedicated to my dad because at the age of 15, when I was struggling with some school exams, he handed me um, a, a book from a US author, a guy called W. Clement Stone, called The Success System That Never Fails. And in W. Clement Stone, who was a great friend of Napoleon Hill, and Napoleon Hill's quote think, from Think and Grow Rich, which was, what the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can yeah. achieve. Yeah. And my dad sat, sat in my room as a 15-year-old, or as, I mean as a 15-year-old, and he said, Gavin, say to yourself 50 times a day what the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve, and think about getting nine A's in these, GC, these exams, are called the GCSE exams in the UK. And... I said, okay, dad, I didn't know any difference. So 50 times a day, I thought about getting nine A's in these exams, nine grade A's. And I said to myself, well, the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. And I got my nine A's and it blew wow. my mind. And it's set, you can see behind me, I've got a library of books on yeah. personal development, on coaching, on strategy, on finance, on marketing, on spirituality and esoteric. And the list goes on, body language, people engagement and of course leadership and team and it set a thirst a lifelong thirst to learn about the differences that make the difference about human performance in business so it's very apt that i dedicate the book survive and thrive how to succeed so to how to secure succeed and scale in business um uh, to my dad because he started the whole journey off yeah absolutely well, listen, you have, uh, by virtue of your professional career, and then now your coaching and, and, and consulting uh, behavioral career, um, you've seen a lot, of, a lot of leaders. Let's talk about the top slice of the very best you've observed, uh, Gavin. Do you notice any traits or habits or qualities that most of the very best seem to have in common? Yes. Um Four things that stood out to me when I was really putting some thought to the answer to this was that they listen. They start by listening. They listen to their team members, their, their, their employees, they listen or, or team members. They listen to their marketplace. They listen to peers. So they start off with listening. And secondly, this is a quality that's all too rare today, but really high quality leaders do a lot of. They think. They take time to stop, 
after having gathered the data through listening. And I don't mean just listening with your ears, they're watching with their eyes, they're, they're paying attention to the, all the data that they can amass, but they're listening and absorbing. Then they take time quietly to think, to reflect, to, to process. Then they set, number three is they set direction. They're really good about pointing to where's the North Star that we need to head for in our organization or our team. This ultimately is, is where they're going to head. And then they're phenomenal at engaging people in the vision of why they should go on that journey towards the North Star. So they listen, they think, they set a direction, and then they engage the people within the team, within the organization to go on that journey together. Yeah, well said. Uh, and and just so you know, and for the audience who has listened to many other podcasts that we've done, the qualities you've listed uh, are pretty much dead on with what the other guests have said. So the, the common qualities among the very best truly are common. It's, uh, you know, sure. no matter, you know, culture, country, business, industry, uh, most of the very best seem to share that core suite of qualities and so again it's not rocket science and you know the things that you listed off all of those are learnable skills they're learnable qualities and learnable traits some of them may some people i think maybe have more natural aptitude maybe a little bit more natural ability at some of this but all of this uh, all of this stuff so to speak uh can be learned and practiced your thoughts uh, yes, they can. And I think the two that actually are web leaders or people in position of leadership are not operating at their best is they're not listening enough and they're certainly yeah. not thinking enough. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That's a great segue into uh, our next question. I always ask uh, people with your background, Gavin, and, and it, it maybe sounds a little self-serving as you're a, you're a coach and a consultant and so am I. Um, I tell anybody that'll listen, you know, I, I tend to work with a lot of younger people. I, I, I've shifted from the, the more seasoned executive in their 50s and 60s, and I find myself working with a lot of younger folks, 20s and 30s and 40s, and I love it. Uh, I'm 64, and these people keep me young. I just, I just love it. But I tell them, listen, don't waste your 20s and 30s. Get mentors and coaches several of them from at all levels, whether it's your peers, your subordinates, your teammates, uh, free resources, get a coach, go to seminars. Don't waste your 20s and 30s, get a coach and a mentor and many of them as soon as possible. And if you do that, you have the best chances of maximizing your leadership potential. Your thoughts? 110% agree. And if I look to my 20s, uh, I was getting leadership and mentoring in the accountancy profession by, you know, at, at top as was then a big six international firm, now a big four international firm. At the same time, you know, I was going to Tony Robbins, UPW. I was reading as many, Unleash the Power Within. I was reading as many books as I could possibly do. I was talking to uh, people in in business and in the currency profession further on the path that I was doing. I was learning as much as I possibly could and both through seminars, books and, you know, mentoring relationships. And I can chart a, a, a really strong correlation between the times in my life where I was really personally, both in time and in money, invested in training and receiving mentoring and coaching that correlates with the progress in my business, my earnings, my career. And the times when I thought, actually, I've invested enough for now, I'll just ease off and put into practice. There's been a 
there's been some degree of uh, lessening of the trajectory of you know some degree of plateauing so yeah. it's not cheap but you certainly get as long as you apply it the learning that you get from coaches or mentors or the courses that you go on as long as you apply it you get such a phenomenal return on that oh, yeah. money and that time that's invested yeah i i agree entirely with that and I have invested a lot of uh, a lot of financial resources myself in my own development, and uh, I remember I went to a leadership seminar maybe a decade ago. I paid for it on my own dime. I was still a corporate executive at the time, but I paid for it on my own. And I remember one of the speakers got up, and and most of the people in the audience, Gavin, were much younger than me. And he said, "Listen, uh, this seminar obviously cost you three thousand dollars to attend for three days." not counting your hotel and all that the, the ticket was $3,000. For some of you, the really industrious people that start applying this, this seminar is going to make a seven figure difference for you. And then he, and so people perked up and then he said, what I mean by that is some of you, it's going to make, help you make a million dollars more over your working career. A few of you, and I don't know who you are, it's going to ultimately set you up someday to where your annual salary is seven figures. And that's when I noticed you could hear a pin drop in that room. I bet. Because it's like $3,000, seven figure salary. I'd say that's a pretty good investment, you know? And he, it was a great attention gainer and I've used it. I stolen it, you know, from him and, and have said that many times. I wanted to Get your thoughts. I think I, I'm reinforcing what you say, but I want to. I want to hear your, your your added thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, it provides you implement. You know, there's too many people will go on a seminar or go and work with a coach, or and and they just absorb, but they don't implement. And you know, yeah. implementation equals income. You, you have to put into practice. You have to take action on yeah. the stuff that you're learning to get the real results. The other point I want to build on this about the power of, particularly when you one-to-one with you, when working with a mentor or coach, or if you're part of a, a, a group mastermind or group coaching is, so many of us at some stage on our journey of growth in our career or running our business, ask the worst fundamental, fundamentally the worst possible question that we could ever ask of ourselves. And that is, am I good enough? And yes, you are, by the way, the simple answer, but one of the roles of a coach or a mentor is to shine the spotlight of brilliance on the individual that we're working with to be able to say you are good enough and by the way for these reasons and cite a number of reasons of your experience of your skills of your your drive and energy of your passion and attitude but to remind you how truly capable you are and the other role that builds on that the mentor or the coach is really good at is at the points where you are being challenged to grow that's when the doubt comes in. Have I got what it takes to be able to address and overcome this challenge? That's when the coach is your cheerleader behind you, or the, or, or the, well, actually the coach, the tactician, the strategist that's telling you, take this step, take this step. By the way, I know you can do this. I've got yeah. absolute total belief in you. Yeah. And although your friends and family members are well-intentioned and well-meaning, their primary purpose is to keep you safe, yeah. not to, stretch you for you to grow and that's the role of the coach and the mentor and that's why it's so important yeah very well said i'm glad i uh, asked you that follow-on question because that was 
pure gold, what you just said, and listeners take that to the bank, uh, no pun intended. That was, uh, that was very good, Gavin, thank you. I wanna ask, you know, you're, you're also exposed uh, to, uh, to, to businesses, uh, you know, f functioning businesses right now. And it's my impression that uh, COVID-19 has hit uh, your geographical area as hard as it's hit United States. Sure, um, still is. Yeah, no doubt about it. In fact, mm -hmm. I just saw the news today. Evidently, uh, our president and wife have tested positive for COVID. Allegedly. In my opinion, it's a little bit too convenient just before really? the election. <laughs> but anyway, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I hear you. So what are you seeing from, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you saw what I saw. COVID comes up and everybody gets, boom, immediately knocked on the mat you're down, you know, it's like, what are we going to do, you know? And then some people stayed there, but the resilient people, the, the leaders stood up and said, all right, didn't plan for this, obviously, but here's what we're going to do. And they, they didn't have a two-year plan. They were just focused on the next two weeks. You know, they got people moving. But by now, the very best leaders have actually found their groove. And, and I've seen some companies actually thrive during COVID and learn new things. You know, COVID forced them to think outside the box, so to speak, slay some sacred cows and dragons, and and they're out there doing it. What, what's been your experience? I think this is now one of the biggest challenges or um, calls upon us as leaders that we could ever have. So many people's mammalian brain, you know, the limbic portion of the back of the brain that can respond with fight or flight or rabbit in the headlight. So many people are understandably and respectfully in a world of fear. And I often ask people in business and in their careers, when they're setting themselves goals, I say to them, now you've set that goal with somebody of your experience, your talent, your skills, your passion, your, your resilience and your determination, is that goal worthy of you? And many of them go, well, I don't suppose it is really. I said, well, come on, let's up the goal. I think we're all now being presented with a challenge that, boy, oh boy, is it worthy of us. Yeah. And while so many people either are struggling or falling backwards, and, I, and I'm going to give you a, a couple of examples, so one in business and one in kind of in life and society. So in business, I'm seeing three categories of entrepreneurs. I'm seeing those that put their head in the sand and thinking, um, it won't last long. I'll, I'll bring my head out and it'll have all blown over. Yeah. I've seen another that really do have taken on board the gravity of the situation, particularly with its implications to business, but are finding that the level of uncertainty. So like here in North Wales, as of last evening, we went into local restrictions where we have to stay within our county, a small state. You know, we have to stay within our, within our county. We're not allowed to move out. We're not allowed to go into other people's houses. And um, there's a bit of a 10 PM curfew and that kind of thing going on. And um, so, so with that, we didn't know that. As the first we knew that was going to happen was Tuesday of this week. Mm. So with that level, and, that, and it came into practice 48 hours later. So wow. with that level of uncertainty, so many people in business are going, well, how can I plan? There's so many different parameters or, or possibilities that they end up, uh, again, the rabbit in the headlights, they've got planning paralysis and they don't know what to do. And then there's a third group that say within through any period of disruption, there's opportunity. Now let's listen to our customers. Let's pay attention to what the market demand is. Let's see how we can 
iterate? How can we innovate? How can we try something different with our service or our product so that we can still make sure that we're making a need? How can we shift it digitally? How, what pivots can we do? And it's those that won't give up, that resilience, that are determined to still serve their marketplace that will emerge way, way, way ahead than the others. There will be, unfortunately, a lot of casualties. But the other thing, let me, um, let me turn to societal now. I found myself quite animated about how um, the national government in Wales has responded just without seeing the, all the parameters. You know, if you're going into a battle, you can't just look at one metric and you're so much more accomplished and experienced in this than I am. You have to appraise all the different moving things in that theatre in order to make a holistic decision weighing up pros and cons across different things. And I genuinely think we're seeing people in positions of leadership now in society that are being challenged beyond their capability. And it's, it, it's not, to be, um, not to be nasty to them, they're just struggling. And I find myself in a conversation with a member of our parliament today where I suddenly realized, because I'm animated about this, I'm passionate about this, I actually find myself being called upon been pulled forward to want to help local businesses navigate the challenges and the restrictions that we now find we're in. In other words, more of leadership is being called of me because yeah. the moment needs it. And I think that's the thing about life is that when we're put into positions of real, really being challenged, that's when A, we grow the most, and that's when we realize how truly capable we are. It's just in that moment, as leaders, we have a decision to make. Are we going to take a deep breath and go for it and stand out and, and, and lead? Or are we going to shy back out of self-doubt? And linking back to your previous question about coaching, that's when if you're in a moment of hesitation that your coach will say, you got this. Yeah, yeah. Well, well said. I can't add to that. That was, uh, I'm, I'm glad we're recording that. Uh, that yeah, I'd like is, a copy of that, actually. That one is worthy of quoting in a blog post or a book or whatever. Thank you for that. Well, listen, we're almost out of time, Gavin, but I, I don't want to let you out of here without, without asking you the fantasy question. Um, if you're given the opportunity to spend one day with a leader from the past, who would you choose and why? I wanted to give you two, but then I realized that I don't want to give you two. I'm going to give you one because that was the question. Napoleon Hill, because yeah. he feels like he spent a lifetime studying the industrial magnates, the greats of the era in the 1920s and the 1930s. And for someone born in the 1970s, that feels like it was a lifetime away. And yet what fascinates me is so many of the principles that were absolutely pertinent for success back in the 20s and 30s are immediately evident and needed right now in the 2020s so um i'd like i'd like to spend a day with napoleon hill and just soak up all yeah. he'd learn the wisdom that he he learned back then. yeah that's a great choice you're the first one that's chosen him i've i've read quite a bit of his material as well as well as yeah my, one of my hobbies is i i buy and read and study uh what they call antiquarian leadership books Oh, if you go on eBay, wow. if you go on eBay, there's actually a uh, in the book section. There's a category called antiquarian, and if you put in leadership, self help, and all that, you'll find self help books from the 1900s, 1910, Amazing. 1890. And you know what? Uh, I get them, and they always have that attic smell with the wood timbers. You know, you can smell <laughs> yeah, it. But yeah, I'll yeah. tell you, Gavin, it's the 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 meat, so to speak, 
is absolutely transferable to 2020, which just tells me business is about leadership. Leadership is about people and human nature has not changed since we were swinging clubs and, and wearing, you know, mastodon furs and all of that, you know, it's just human nature. So I, I agree with you. uh, And I am, I always encourage the listeners it doesn't have to be a so-called cutting-edge book by a 35-year-old, you know, hotshot author of today. And <clears throat> go back to the 40s and 50s, 60s. You'd be surprised what you'll find. Any thoughts? Oh yeah, and and actually, when you read them from whether it's the 1900s or the 1950s, it's really humbling to recognise that you can sometimes get a little bit carried away with your own brilliance or your own arrogance, and just saying. You ain't you ain't invented. You haven't invented this stuff. Yeah. Um, there is so much we need to respect and learn from the people that have trodden the path before us. And yes, they might not have had smartphones and tablets, and um, you know, like we we haven't got teleporting. But you know, whatever is going to come in the future. But there's still fundamental principles of leadership, of humanity of making a difference in the people in your tribe uh, are relevant you know, in the 1900s as they are now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, listen, before we let you go, Gavin, uh, how do our listeners uh, find you? How do they get your book? Learn more about your services, website. Tell us how we can locate you. Yeah, great. Thank you. So you can get hold of a copy of the book, uh, find out more about it by going to surviveandthrive.cc, surviveandthrive.cc. I cover the copy of the book, cover the cost of the book, and then you just cover the cost of postage and packaging. And if any of you guys are like me that loves to absorb material, you know, by Audible, then there's an opportunity for you to get like the audio book version of the book. Um, My website that covers the range of services that I do, and I'm really helping businesses to grow through acquisition and organically so that they if they've got an aim to sell in a number of years time three to four years time then i'm helping them get ready for that then just go to gavinpreston.com you can check me out on linkedin gavin preston or you can check me out on facebook and the the shortcut to get me to facebook is just go to gavin.live outstanding well gavin listen you've been very generous with your time i can't thank you enough you've been a great guest and i humbly request that you uh, consider coming back again someday i would love to do that it's been a real privilege thank you very much thank you stay healthy and you too okay gavin we're off record how'd it go awesome you actually pulled you actually pulled some i think you pulled some good stuff out of me so i would love a copy of the the video and the audio recording because you got me in flow there which is uh expertly done and uh, I think I articulated some things in a way that I've not done yeah, before. Did. So, so, you I, did. <clears throat> so I will, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when I get this packaged up, I will send you the, the audio, the video, I'll send you the, the, the file. And then I don't know when this will be published. It'd probably be a couple of months, but I'll let you know. I'll make up a little social media thing and I'll let yeah. you know. And, and I know so you, with you absolute pleasure, it. I'll promote it. I will absolute yeah. pleasure. It's been Absolutely. a real privilege, sir. Thank you, Mike. No, Thank you very much. Feelings mutual. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact.